Welcome to the Grace Vineyard Podcast, where we are building growing communities of worshipers who are becoming like Christ, empowered to do His work. We hope you enjoy this message. Okay, we're back together, everybody. <laughs> hey, Michelle, could you come up here? So uh, yesterday, a group of people did what they call a Jesus walk, and I thought it'd be fun to hear about it, and Mark was putting that all together. So tell us about it, Mark. Uh, okay, we all got together around 10 o'clock, and we wanted to show God's love to the people in the community. So we were walking around and praying for people. Mike and Michelle were praying for people. I was praying for a couple of people. Oh, sorry. I'll get closer. <laughs> but we were praying for people down by the pier. And Paul was playing guitar, so he brought people so in. So good. And it was just to show the love of Christ to the, our community, people in our community. Irene was there, too. And um, and I kind of broke apart a little bit. And Mike was praying for people. And Michelle was, was praying for people separate from where I was. So I don't really know what they were saying. <laughs> so I want them to share what, what happened uh, when they were praying. <laughs> okay, so um, I don't know if you noticed today, but I keep looking to the door because the kids, I, I prayed for kids. There were some teenagers walking down the pier, and I don't really know how they stopped. I don't remember that part of it. All I know is this, there was a couple, one of them was really highlighted to me, and, and, I, and I said, can we pray for you? And they said yes, and, and, um, and there was a move of the Spirit for sure because they fell to their knees, and and the little girl was sobbing. She was crying. And, um, and, and, and I, their names are Mark, Jonathan, Jesse, and Nico. And I want you to partner with me to pray for them because these kids need us. I invited them to church today. I called them last night because I got their phone number before I left. They're, they don't know who they met. Now they're going to have this girl, this woman, Michelle, in their life that's never going to leave them alone. And, um, and I called last night, text last night. And the, and the kid, Mark, called me and he said, who is this? I said, remember the pier? Oh, yeah, I remember you. I said, well, I'm sending you the address of the church, and I want you to come. You can come just as you are. And I told a couple of people at the door today, there might be some kids walking in the door with tattoos and tank tops on. Let them in, please. <laughs> like, who let them stop them? Let, don't stop them. Don't tell them they got to be dressed up. Just let them in the door. Be well dressed and so I've been you. looking, and, and you know, it, there was definitely a move of the spirit, and one of them was definitely a leader. He's the leader of the bunch, and... I prayed a special blessing over him because I feel like they'll all follow him, you know. And um, and they were definitely they were definitely using drugs, and they need our prayers to. Um, there was definitely fentanyl involved, and it was scary for me. So please partner with me to pray for these kids because they need us. Wow. Well, thank you, Michelle. And there's also a child there named Enzo. So keep Enzo in prayer as well. Enzo was with them. There was another the little one. child that she was holding. Oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. The baby. That yeah, a little baby yeah. That, that was there. Um, so uh, really quickly, um, it went full, full cycle yesterday. About three and a half years ago, Mark Newell and I started in the very same transit center with a few lunches. It was the first time I've ever prayed um, for people like that. Um, and it's, it hasn't stopped. And, and it was a day of full cycle. When we go out and do this stuff, I, I believe we're out there, of course, for the person in front of us, but I believe, like we were told today, that, that we have the Holy Spirit in us. 
and the Holy Spirit is working on us. And I got to see the transformation of my life yesterday. Before we even started, we went and we prayed for some people. And one of them used to live across the hall from me. Wow. And he's dying. He's definitely dying, and he's going to die in the streets. And we used to live across the hall from each other in $2,000 apartments. And, and, um, and um, we did a lot of drugs together. We did a lot of drugs together. And then as we're going, you know, we run into the gang people. And with the gang people, there's some other people there that um, I was in jail with. Wow. And we stopped and we prayed for them. And then as the day ended, we're going back home, and there's a handful of us. By the way, I just want to stop to say something. Yesterday, we, Paul Abbott led us in worship, and there's nothing more beautiful than Brandy when she worships. Oh. I got to say that. I'm over, always overwhelmed and brought to tears by that. Oh. So I got to do that yesterday. On the way back, though, she mentions to me there's a whole bunch of cops in the street and something had happened or whatever, and I guess it was over and they rounded up about five or six of them, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it ended where we were all holding hands and, and, and they were praying with me. With the police? With yeah. the police. Right? Holding hands? Right. Yeah, um, and you know, initially <laughs> they, they were just being kind and polite, but at some moment, because I always pray with my eyes open, and Brandy experienced this, you knew the Holy Spirit said something. Oh my and, and we knew wow. we had a home run. Yeah. Wow. We had a home run. Um, and the idea of this story is, before I ever went with Mark Lewis that day, Jesus had so much love for me. Thank you, Jesus. He had so much love for me that I'm not that guy in the alley dying right now. Oh, wow. I'm supposed to be. I wow. did nothing. The grace. Nothing. I lied, I cheated, I stole, and I hurt everybody I knew. He loved me so much. He loved me so much. Thank and I you, went Jesus. from there to standing in a circle with somebody I loved so much who, who had no business being there either. Trust me. <laughs> I was bad. Woo! <laughs> um, and we're standing there, circled up, with the police. Wow. Bringing the kingdom of God. So I, I just, don't go. Because <laughs> I just want to tell you something. I think I'll go. I just want to tell you something. Because he had a purpose for you and he couldn't use you the way you were, right? right? Yeah. And and so we had a home group and Michael came to our home group and he used to tell me, I'm not doing that. I'm not praying out loud for anybody. And look at him now. Because when the Holy Spirit says yes, you can't say no. <laughs> Told you so. Oh, I love it. Thank you for that addendum, Michelle. I'm not doing that. Well, so they went out yesterday at 10 a.m. Is that right? And would you ever do that again, Mark? Like how soon you think? Next month? Really? So seriously, they, they just gathered, and you know we often talk about the chicken line, and there was one, and they had to, you know, there's the line, and you bark, bark, and you walk across it. And as I told you last week, you turn into an eagle when you cross the line. Did, I want to 
draw your attention to what, what Michelle said, what all of them said, but what Michelle said. She's like, there was these kids on the pier, and I don't know what was going on, why they drew, why they stopped. I do. His name is the Holy Spirit. And did you hear there were four young people on the Oceanside Pier? Were there other people around? It's packed right now. On their knees, weeping. As this hope dealer, not dope dealer, but hope dealer, is praying over them and they're encountering the presence of God. Dude, that is just so awesome. Um, you'd have to have, you have to have a lot of training to do this. Is that right, Michael? You have to like go to school for like a couple years. Oh, Michael's got a plan. The next time you walk out the door, you are entering your mission field. Yeah. This morning when I was spending a little time with the Lord and praying, for, hi, by the way, I'm sorry, I'm Ron if I haven't met you. <laughs> Welcome. Hi, Mark, good to see you. Um, so I was praying and listening. You know, I have a plan. I'm going to bring a message that I kind of prepared, but I felt this thought to remind us that from the moment God created humans, from that moment, he put together an invitation and a plan that he would partner with humans to bring his kingdom rule and reign to this earth. And it's never stopped. He's called you, even if you're far from him, he's called you to join him in restoring the brokenness of this world. He's called you. Are you answering the call? Even if you're far from Jesus right now, he's calling you to come near to Jesus. He will fill you with his spirit and he'll send you like he sent her to appear. If you and I will pay attention as we're going about our day, there will probably be opportunities to, to be a carrier of God's kingdom presence to the people around you with a word of hope, a word of truth, insight to heal brokenness. There's, did you know there's a lot of brokenness in our world? Have you figured that out? Apart from Jesus, the whole thing's falling apart. Sometimes it looks like it's just unraveling at the seams. Satan's, Satan's pretty good at his job. Um, turns out he's still going to lose because <laughs> Jesus is better at his job. But the amazing thing is that Jesus' plan is to partner with people like me and you. He does not do it by himself. You were called. We are going to start um, 
a series, I guess you could call it, a, a season of topics starting today leading up to Pentecost Sunday, which is May 28th. So I think that's six or seven Sundays. Uh, we've been invited by the Vineyard Movement. If, if, if you don't know, so this church is called Grace Vineyard, and you, the word vineyard comes from um, some words in Isaiah especially regarding God's people being like his planting, his vineyard. In any case, we are part of a movement of churches that are around the globe, but also the United States. The United States churches, which is, I think 500 of us or so, it's not huge, but there's about 500, there's about 50 in Southern California, are pretty much all of us will be spending the next six Sundays talking about things related to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost as we come close to Pentecost Sunday ourselves. And there's a constant prayer, a sort of a come Holy Spirit prayer. Fill us again. Empower us again. Do your work again. A longing for the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to be doing some teaching from the Bible regarding that. You know, I, I just realized one, one thought that I didn't say when I was started talking a moment ago about God partnering with you. An interesting verse in the Bible is Psalms. 115, verse 16. You might note that, and if you have a Bible, you could even flip it open and look at it. Psalm 115, verse 16, that says, The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he's given to man. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he's given to man. And there's a sense of ownership and responsibility that you and I have as stewards of this planet, which began with Adam and Eve and has continued to this day. We have a call to participate in the healing of the brokenness around us, and we have a power. We have the Holy Spirit leading and guiding. Father, I want to ask you to speak to us today. I want to learn from you more. We want to learn from you more. Please open our minds and our hearts to understand truth about God, the Holy Spirit, that will impact our lives and impact the life of our world. Please help me to speak things in an understandable way. Help all of us to hear and learn. Put power on this message, I pray. I pray that you would even cause there to be that dynamic where you speak specific things to every single heart in the hearing of these words. Come, Lord, have your way with us. Amen. So, there is a lot of confusion in the world. I said that earlier, a lot of you know, just confusion everywhere. But there's also, I think, a lot of confusion about this person called the Holy Spirit. Um, people think funny things that are not true. They off, well, let me ask you, when you hear the phrase, the Holy Spirit, what are some images or ideas that come to mind? Someone said comfort? Is that, did I hear right? You have to talk loud because we're all talking to each other. You hear the word the Holy Spirit and the phrase that comes to your mind is accountability. Interesting. What else? Fire. Yeah, that's one of the images of the Holy Spirit. You think of fire when you hear that word. Someone said something loud here. Power. You think of power. And you think of peace. Power and peace. So I like that. And you think of love. You think of healing. 
transformation. Oh, interesting. Lead. Ah, the leadership, the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's good, Ramon. I like that. You think of gifts. The Holy Spirit gives out gifts. What else? Fruit. She's, was that a she? I couldn't t quite tell if it was. Oh, hi. Uh, fruit is um, another metaphor referring to, you know, an apple tree doesn't have grapefruit on it. It has apples on it. And a human being who has the Holy Spirit living inside of us will begin to have the fruit that looks like the Holy Spirit. Kindness, love, patience, joy. So there's another word back there. Confusion, you hear the word the Holy Spirit? That's, that's really true. You know what I didn't hear from you that I thought I'd hear? A lot of people, when they talk about the Holy Spirit, if they're using a pronoun, they'll say it. I hear that all the time. It, the Holy Spirit. I hope it comes with power. I hear that often. I think a lot of people think of the Holy Spirit as kind of some mysterious cloud-like power source, mystical, but they're not thinking of a, a person. And so we, we want to take a look at some of the things the Bible has to say about the Holy Spirit. Oh, I've got some quotes, actually. Um, there's something called the Nicene Creed. If you're Catholic, you may have learned some creeds that you would repeat regarding truths about um, God and the Bible and the church. Any, any Catholics? Any people grew up a Catholic at least? Yeah. So, so in the year 325, a, a council got together called the Nicene Council, and they developed some things. They call it a creed or a way to say what we believe. They actually took the, the one that I'm going to quote to you and modified it um, 60 years later in 381, I think. So it's pretty old, but they, they would read this. Part of the Nicene Creed says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, or you might have said the Holy Ghost. That was the, the, the word spirit used to be translated into English as ghost, which is kind of weird today. But So they say spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is glorified and, or adored and glorified, who's spoken through the prophets. Here's a, another quote. This is from a book called, of, it's kind of a funny name, Hello, Holy Spirit, which I kind of like. It's kind of friendly. Um, and I've been reading it, and it's really good. Diane Lehman, who, um, along with her husband, whose name is Happy. How do you like that? A guy's name is Happy. Happy and Diane Lehman led a really great church for a number of years. They've now passed the leadership on in um, Champaign, Illinois. But she, in this book, writes this. Who is the Holy Spirit? He's not a ghost. An impersonal force or an elusive power out there. He's neither a doctrine to be studied nor a distant deity to be feared. He's a person to be known and loved. And I don't know if you think of the Holy Spirit, that image, someone I love. He is God himself. He's one of the three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One God, three persons. He is God's gift of himself to each of us. He makes the Christian life indescribably beautiful and a fun-filled delight. Um, what the people were describing when they were going out on their Jesus walk would conform to that description. It, they had fun. It was a delight 
to experience both interaction with the Holy Spirit and then kind of as a friend of the Holy Spirit interact with people who didn't yet know the Holy Spirit. Do you, do you have any idea when the Holy Spirit is first mentioned in the Bible? What do you think? Any ideas? First book of the Bible. So Holy Spirit is mentioned and talked about all through the entire Bible history. Genesis 1, first verse of the Bible says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Do you know where he shows up the last time in the Bible? The book of the Revelation, by the way, we're talking today on, mostly we'll get to it, hopefully, the theme of the Holy Spirit as a revealer. And the book of the Revelation is the revelation or the revealing of Jesus Christ. And the, the fourth to the last verse of the entire Bible says, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the bride say, come. Let him who hears uh, say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come. And whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. So the Holy Spirit's constantly, along with the bride, the bride is you and me. That's a metaphor for the people that have joined themselves to Jesus. He loves us so much, he thinks of us the way um, a husband would think of his bride. And the Spirit and the bride say, everyone come. Anyone who wants to hear Anyone who's thirsty, come and drink of the living water. He's, I said he's all through the Bible. Here's some of the things, that, like titles of the Holy Spirit. He's called the Spirit of God. He's called the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Wisdom, the Spirit of Counsel, uh, the Spirit of Knowledge. It says that he guides, he teaches, he empowers, he woos people to the Father. That's kind of a fun word, woo. There's a kind of an intimate drawing he gives gifts the way he wants to. He produces spiritual fruit in the life of the believers. He convicts of sin. Have you ever done something that was against God's will and suddenly felt something grip you that said, oh, that was a bad choice? That probably is a lot more than your conscience. It's the Holy Spirit convicting you of sin. He washes and renews. He's called the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Justice, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord, the Spirit of Grace and Supplication, the Spirit of the Father, and the Spirit of Christ, and the Spirit of Life, and the Spirit of Glory. Lots of, lots of names, and you're not going to remember anything I just said, probably. You remember some of them. The image, though, you get is the Holy Spirit is a very interesting, dynamic person. Um, I want to say that word person, not a force, not an impersonal, sort of cloud-like thing, a person, but mysterious to us because God's mysterious to us. He has a mind, he has a will, and he has motions. That's one of the reasons we know he's a person. Listen to his mind. Romans 8, 27 says, he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. The Holy Spirit has a mind. He thinks. He has a will. 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says, but one and the same Spirit works all these things. The manifestation and gifts of the Holy Spirit is what's being referred to there. 
distributing to each one individually as he wills. When there's a gift, someone mentioned gifts, given, it's by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's will and choice, just like a person has a will. You have a will, he has a will. He has emotions. In Ephesians 4, we're admonished to not grieve him. To grieve someone is almost to hurt their feelings, to make them kind of wounded, like, oh, I wish you hadn't done that. Have you ever been kind of grieved or... Do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. And here's another truth about him. He's a person, but he's also God. And here we, we start to enter this mysterious language that's so hard to understand. The Bible teaches that God is one. There is one God. And if you are a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim, those are the three monotheistic religions in the world that believe there's one God. If you are a Christian and you are believing the truth of Christianity, you believe there's only one God, not three gods, one God. But somehow, these three people, the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son, are all called God in the Bible. And you're like, well, how do you do that? How can there be one and three? I have never quite figured that out. <laughs> but here's a close thing, maybe, similar. Um, there's a couple that you have met, maybe called the Osts, Ron and Kim. They are the Osts. They're one. But they're also Ron the husband and Kim the wife. But the two are one. But they're two. So they're both true. And even more true is this, this mystery of, of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. But here's, just in case you don't believe me, in Acts chapter 5, there's a story where someone has been deceiving. And we don't have time for this story, but his name is Ananias. Peter says to him, Acts 5 verse 3, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? And he finishes the thought, you have not lied to men but to God. That's a really definitive place you see in the Bible. Peter thought, expressed it very naturally, the Holy Spirit is God. Here's another place Paul's writing to the church at Corinth. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is freedom. There's also um, divine God attributes of the Holy Spirit that are mentioned throughout the Bible. He can be blasphemed, and I, don't, I won't take time to read all these passages, but I just want you to hear so you get it solid in your mind. The Holy Spirit is God. He's at creation. He's eternal. Only God is eternal without beginning, without end, without cause. God's the only uncaused cause. You've heard people try to explain to you that nothing, I mean, everything came out of nothing because there was a big bang. And I don't know who banged the bang if there was no nothing. <laughs> And where'd the stuff come that exploded when the bang came? So if, if someone told me about the Big Bang, I'd go, oh, so you believe in the creator. Something that didn't have any cause and always was. So do we. That's God the creator. And he's the banger, apparently, that exploded everything and organized it into what you have now. And he also created out of nothing everything that was banged to become, <laughs> you know. He's omnipresent, that means he's everywhere all at once. He's omniscient, he knows everything. He is omnipotent. So just a couple of things that you need to know. The Holy Spirit's a person, 
He's God. But here's something you need to know that Jesus said. You and I. Is that you, Lord? <laughs> Wait, we should have listened. <laughs> oh, oh, maybe it's time to stop. Maybe that's what that was. If you didn't hear that um, online, you Zoom folks and you Facebook people, there was a ding in the room. Um, if you are a follower of Jesus, meaning that you follow Jesus and you believe that he is the way for life and the truth that you want to know, and so you listen to his words and you obey them, if that's you, you should know that Jesus has said that it's your job, your responsibility to pursue relationship the Holy Spirit. Here's where I get that. In, it's recorded in um, John, no, I'm sorry, recorded in Luke 11. In Luke 11, verse 9, Jesus says, and so I tell you, keep on asking, and you'll be given what you ask for. This is the New Living Translation, which grabs a hold of the, the continuous sense of these verbs that you might miss in other translations. They are, in Greek, a continual kind of happening verb. Ask and keep on asking. Keep on looking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened. You ever had a salesperson keep on knocking? <laughs> keep on knocking and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and the door is open to everyone who looks. Well, what's he talking about that you're seeking, knocking, looking? That's right. Verse 11, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, you give them a snake, or if they ask for an egg, would you give them a scorpion? Of course not. If you sinful people, so he's saying, you know, you guys, you're, you're not quite godlike, you fathers. You have sin, and you need a savior. But if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, he brings it back to what he was saying about look, seek, knock. How much more will your heavenly father give to those who ask him? So that whole context, if you, if you just read the whole section that Jesus is teaching there, is seek and keep on seeking, ask and keep on asking, knock and keep on knocking, till you have a deep, experiential, experiential relationship with the Holy Spirit. And you might not have known that this is available to you. You may have thought that's for certain... Um, just very 1% of Christians who somehow got something special, but it's not for the rest of us. No, it's for the rest of us. The Holy Spirit, have you been seeking him? Maybe, maybe you'll start this week. So, a, a primary role of the Holy Spirit is to be someone who reveals things, and he reveals a lot, and I'm just going to highlight a few of them. But if you have confusion in your life, or things that you don't know, things that you don't understand, if I'm confused, lost, looking for answers, I will do well to remember that I have a friend named the Holy Spirit, who's not only my friend, but he's my God. And he lives within me, and he loves me dearly, and he knows everything. Everything. He knows about how to do your job. He knows about how to get along with your in-laws. 
He knows about raising children. He knows about, he's the smartest guy in the room. He really is. And I think we often forget that. Here's kind of a primary section of scripture that talks about him being someone who reveals truth. This is in Paul's letter to the church at Corinth. He, he starts it right at near the beginning. And he's talking to a group of people, not unlike us, Christians. They're part of a, they're part of a live church. And they experience the Holy Spirit and they know gifts. Um, they have some, some fighting amongst them. And they're, they're actually pretty segmented because... Um, you know, some are saying, you know, we like the way Paul preaches. And another group over here says, yeah, you Paul followers, we like Peter. He's better. And these guys over here say, well, you Paul and Peter followers, we follow Jesus. And they're like arguing about who's the best apostle, you know, that's going on in, the, in, their, in their church. So he's talking to them about some of those issues. But he says these interesting words. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given to us. The gifts of God, the gift of grace, the gift of salvation, all the things that are given to us by God are explained and revealed to us by the Holy Spirit that we may understand. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. This is phenomenal, the next sentence. The man without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God. They are foolishness to him. Some people who have yet to say yes to Jesus, but, or they're, you know, they're saying no, I want, I want to be in charge of my life. I want to do things my way. This God, if he's real, I might be accountable to him and I'm going to have to explain my, what I've been doing. And I don't want anyone telling me what to do. I want to live my life. You ever, ever, were you ever that person? But that person doesn't understand spiritual truths. That's what I just read. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. And you might be filled with the Holy Spirit, but you're getting frustrated as you're explaining spiritual truths. Jesus is the Son of God. He died for your sins. He rose from the dead. He took all of our sins and bore them in himself on the cross and took them away. And now I can be forgiven and cleansed. You're telling this, you're excited about this truth. It's changed your life. And they look at you like, you're crazy. Because these truths are spiritually understood. And as long as they are rejecting God, there's a good chance they can't understand the truth. It's a bad place to be to reject God. I, uh, an old friend of mine used to say, sin makes you stupid. And <laughs> I don't know if that's in the Bible, but I think it's true. <laughs> in the book of Brooklyn. <laughs> For they are foolishness to them. They can't understand them because they're spiritually understood. One of the main things, excuse me, <coughs> that Jesus, I mean, that the Holy Spirit does is to reveal who Jesus is. And you know what? Somehow we had such a fun time this morning that the clock has moved fast, and I can see it, and it's, it's four minutes after 11. So I should try to wind this down soon, huh? Oh. 
I might get one of those dings. Someone that wants me to stop, set your phone. Ask the Holy Spirit. Yeah, no, that was great, Michael. Thank you. John 15, Jesus is talking about the Spirit, and he calls him the Helper. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, he who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. You know, if, if you came to a place where suddenly something inside you said, wait, this stuff about Jesus, I think it's true, and I don't know why I think it's true, but I think it's true, and you started getting sucked in, that, was, that wasn't just you, that was the Holy Spirit. That's why when Michelle was on the pier, those kids were drawn to you. And when you hear the truth of who Jesus is, and suddenly you believe it, that's because the Holy Spirit who loves you has come to reveal who Jesus is to you. But it doesn't just stop there. Once you become a follower of Jesus, you cross that line and you say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I'm going to give you control of my life. I want you to be the Lord. The Holy Spirit will continue to reveal who Jesus is for the rest of your life. And since he's infinitely wonderful, you have infinitely wonderful things to learn for the rest of your existence about this incredible Jesus. Have you experienced that, you people that are old Christians? That you, like, the more you know, the less you know. The more you know, you think, wow, I don't know anything. Right? And, and the more you are in wonder at the greatness of Jesus, you're like, oh, I didn't know. And then you read, you read the Bible, and you go, who put that verse in there? I've been reading this for years, and that was never there until today. Have you ever had that experience? That's because the Holy Spirit is revealing who Jesus is. Here's another thing, another saying from Jesus. This is in John 16. By the way, you, you Bible students, if you read starting at John 14 and 15 and 16, you'll learn a lot about the Holy Spirit. I have much more to say to you, Jesus is saying to his disciples, than you can now bear. Put yourself in their shoes. This is Jesus Last Supper, he's telling them, I'm about to get crucified. They don't understand what it means. And that's already too much to bear. And he says, well, I got a lot more, and you're not ready for it. But don't worry, when he, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will only speak what he hears. He'll tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. So the Holy Spirit reveals Jesus, who he really is. The Holy Spirit reveals the Father. Paul says in Romans, you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear. When you come to Jesus, it's no longer slavery to fear. Slavery to the law. Slavery to bad things that could come your way. You receive the spirit of sonship and daughtership, you could say. And by him we cry, Papa God, Papa Father, Abba Father. Abba is like Papa or Daddy. For the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The revelation of the Father comes from the Holy Spirit. Children were heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ if we share with his sufferings in order that we may share with his glory. Just one more thought. 
the Holy Spirit, as the great revealer, is the one who oversaw, breathed into existence this thing that we call the Bible. I told you, the last book of the Bible is called The Revelation of Jesus. Well, who breathed that into existence? The Holy Spirit. In Peter's writing, Peter, the apostle, the fisherman who became the apostle, he writes to his readers, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. So, the, And he's referring to the Bible. Um, it, it hadn't been fully formalized yet, but the writings... The, certainly for him included the whole of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament we call now, but also by this point, he was saying, he would later say, refer to Paul's writings as scripture. And he, that's one of the reasons why we believe the Bible is the word of God, because Peter said it, but Jesus said some things. Anyway, he, he said, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation, for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, the great revealer. And Paul, in his letter to Timothy, writes, well, he tells him, you know what, Timothy, young Timothy, continue in all the stuff that you learned. You know how you learned it. From infancy, you've known the Holy Scriptures. And they were able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. All of the scripture is God-breathed. Useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness. Okay, so I gave you another six minutes. Did you live through that? Yeah. The Holy Spirit is a revealer. And in practical ways. Um... Thinking of, there's stories in the Bible I would like to read, but I'll, I'll save that for another time. A lot of stories in Acts about the Holy Spirit revealing and guiding. I'm thinking in, in my own circumstances, um, just very quickly, in 2003, I was an assistant pastor doing admin stuff, leading worship, um, overseeing evangelism, outreaches, that just kind of behind the scenes if you were in the church here, you wouldn't see much of me. I had a stack of keyboards that I hid behind. <laughs> Not just like the one, but <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't talk much in front of people. But a change was about to come in 2004. And so the Holy Spirit, my friend, began speaking to me that there was a time coming soon when Kim and I would be called to lead a church that was in trouble. And there were dreams, and I, at some point, this is, you know, months, many months before an event happened, and I, I said, Kim, I don't know what's happening, but we should be prepared. I think God might be moving us somewhere far away. There's a church in trouble somewhere, and he's going to call us to go help. And there's a lot of details in the things that he spoke to me. But it was confusing, and I didn't understand. And, and in, in March of 2004, there was an explosion here in the leadership where the, the pastor of the church, um, I won't you know, get into the gory details, but he had a moral failure, and the church was in trouble. And I became the lead pastor of this church. And that's been a long time ago. And we didn't know if the church would survive. And I, didn't, I, I really resisted taking the role of senior pastor. I had many conversations with God telling him why I was certain I was the wrong guy for the job. <laughs> I had books that I read to him and I said, see, 
I'm not lying. This is absolutely true. Um, but God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and I'm one of the foolish things. And, and I had peace and confidence in the midst of distress and storms because my friend the Holy Spirit had revealed truth to me. Not in fullness. It was unclear. It was foggy. But it came to help me through a really hard time. Have you ever had a hard time in your life? Have you ever thought things were going well and suddenly a storm just smacked you in the face? Sometimes, if you know who the Holy Spirit is and you're in relationship with him, before the storm ever hits, he'll prepare you with what you'll need when the storm hits because he's a revealer of truth about who Jesus is, about who the Father is, All the truth of the word of God is definitely an arsenal of support for you. That's why we constantly say, read the Bible, study the Bible. But listen, when you read the Bible, if you don't know this practice, before you open it up, say a prayer. Holy Spirit, I'm about to read your book. Would you please make it alive to me? Will. And a miracle happens. Things that were written sometimes thousands of years ago, think of it, thousands of years ago, come off the page like they were written this morning for you. I don't, I don't know how he does that, but he's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a person, not an it, not a force. You do well not to say it, but he. He's God, co-equal with God the Father and God the Son. One God in three persons. And you can know him. And if you've given your life to Jesus, he lives in you. There are certainly experiences of infillings and increasing uh, presence and power. And some segments of the church would you know, call that the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And others would call infillings, outpourings. He's real, and he has probably more for me and you than we are currently experiencing. So Jesus says, ask, seek, knock, and the Father will give you the Holy Spirit. Let's stand together. And um, Kent, come up with a worship band. Let's just pause and, and take a posture of listening for a moment. Holy Spirit, we invite you to have your way with us, to manifest your presence and speak to the hearts of everyone here. If you're within the hearing of my voice right now, online, in the future on a recording or in the room right now, There's a chance that the Holy Spirit is drawing you to Jesus. There's a chance that you've noticed things of God are foolishness to you because you don't have the Spirit of God living with you right now. You have not chosen yet to follow Jesus. The Holy Spirit might be drawing you right to him right now. Don't resist.
Don't resist him. Open your heart and your life to Jesus. Say yes to him. Say a prayer, perhaps something like this. Jesus, I don't know everything about you, but I believe that you are God. I believe you came to rescue me. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead victorious over the grave and over hell and over Satan. And I want to trust you with my life now. Would you please take over? Jesus, be my Lord. I give you my life. I receive yours. If you have an exchange like that with Jesus, he's very real, and he will respond. He will cause you to come alive spiritually, and he will, in some mysterious way, cause the Holy Spirit that we've been talking about to live within your very being. And he'll change everything. He'll start to comfort, heal, to restore where things are broken. He'll start you on the adventure that you'll never, ever the same. The worship man's going to play some worship music for us. And we're going to kind of sort of end, but it's a sort of end. Because some of you aren't ready to end yet. And you stay. If you're not ready to end, you stay. You worship, you pray. There's some people that will come to the front. You see them on the sides kind of standing around like this. They're there because they want to pray for you. And if you have a need, if you have a brokenness in your body, if you have a wound in your heart, the Holy Spirit wants to come and partner with you and another person in prayer to repair what's broken. So come and take advantage of this. It's a great opportunity. Heaven meets earth. The two become one. Heaven and earth. God heals. So as we sort of move into that time, let me just say this blessing over you. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And the Lord give you rest. The Lord lift up his Join him in the restoration of this planet. You have a part to play. You are not an audience. You're more like an army. Find your place. Seek the Holy Spirit and be a source of blessing. We hope you've enjoyed this message. This weekly podcast is available on our website, gracevcf.org, where you can learn more about Grace Vineyard and our vision for people everywhere to know and worship God.